Chapter 59 And if such monsters are generated, we must believe them the work of nature, even if they be different from man. Paracelsus, De Homunculis, in Operum Volumen Secundum, Geneva, Turin, 1658, page 465. He led us out into the garden, and I felt better at once. I didn't dare ask the others if Lorenza had come after all. Probably I had dreamed it. After a few steps we entered a greenhouse. The stifling heat dazed me. Among tropical plants were six glass ampules in the shape of pears or tears, hermetically sealed, filled with a pale blue liquid. Inside each vessel floated a creature about twenty centimeters high. We recognized the gray-haired king, the queen, the moor, the warrior, and the two adolescents crowned with laurel, one blue and one pink. They swayed with a graceful swimming motion, as if water were their element. It was hard to determine whether they were models made of plastic or wax, or whether they were living beings, and the slight opacity of the liquid made it impossible to tell if the faint pulse that animated them was an optical illusion or reality. They seem to grow every day, Allier said. Each morning the vessels are buried in fresh horse manure, still warm, which provides the heat necessary for growth. In Paracelsus there are prescriptions that say homunculi must be grown at the internal temperature of a horse. According to our host, these homunculi speak to him, tell him secrets, utter prophecies. Some revealed to him the true measurements of the Temple of Solomon, others told him how to exorcise demons. I must confess that I've never heard them speak. They had very mobile faces. The king looked at the queen tenderly. Our host told me that one morning he found the blue youth who had escaped somehow from his prison attempting to break the seal of the maiden's vessel. But he was out of his element, could not breathe, and they saved him just in time, returning him to his liquid. Terrible, Diotalevi said. I wouldn't want such a responsibility. You'd have to take the vessels with you everywhere and find all that manure wherever you went. And then what would you do in the summer, on vacation? Leave them with the doorman? But perhaps, Allier concluded, they are only Cartesian imps, or automata. The devil, Garamond said. Dr. Allier, you're opening a whole new universe to me. We should all be more humble, my dear friends. There are more things in heaven and earth. But, after all, a la guerre, come a la guerre. Garamond was awestruck. Diotalevi maintained an expression of cynical curiosity. Belbo showed no feeling at all. To dispel my doubt, I said to him, Too bad Lorenza didn't come. She would have loved this. Mm, yes, he replied absently. So Lorenza hadn't come and I was the way Amparo had been in Rio. I was ill. I felt somehow cheated. They hadn't brought me the Agogo. I left the group and went back into the building, picking my way through the crowd. I passed the buffet, drank something cool, though I was afraid it might contain a filter. I looked for a bathroom to splash cold water on my temples and neck. This accomplished, I again felt better. But as I came out I saw a circular staircase, and, suddenly curious, I was unable to resist the new adventure. Perhaps, even though I thought I had recovered, I was still looking for Lorenza.